a poison can dance and them hold the women that dance together. But now listen, I'm afraid of the dance all gone. And Tony B, me said that way. Warm back, we water bumpy, we cool and deadly. We go dance with we lady. The mad dance are too funky. Make man a moving and they dance like junkie. Warm back, we water bumpy, we cool and deadly. We go dance with we lady. Them a dance ya too funky Gunshot a bust the youth Them get jumpy Dance all now is like a disgrace If you think a joke Take a walk in a the place In a the corner me see be a screw face If you ever walk near a man shoes face Big bad man a pop gun off How you saw a highly king Bust in a your face Now leave no chase One back we water bumpy We cool and deadly We go dance the man dance are too funky. Make man a moving and the dance like donkey. One bump we water bump we cool and go dance. Yes, that was warm back by Anthony B. Fitting of the times, making us think back and be grateful for the times when we were out and about, going to reggae concerts and clubs and things. Also, I hear you hear a sound effect of rain, and we almost don't need the sound effect because all day today it was raining nice and hard. So, by the way, this is the Black Russian Podcast, episode 45. I am your co-host, Tion Buku One. And I'm Yula. And we're about to get into it. It's a different time and a different space since the last episode, huh? It's been a while to begin with. And now we waited so long that this is, oh, okay, well, totally different situation we're talking about. Yeah. What a difference a day and a half makes, right? Yeah. Perspective is everything. Makes it easy to uh, select a topic for quotes. Yes, for sure. For sure. So before we go into our episode, we would like to say, as we always say, we do not advocate any template style of love. We don't advocate monogamy, non-monogamy, or anything in particular over anything else. It is all about the quality of the effort, the work, the commitment and connection between the two people. What we are against is mandated relationship structures, mandated monogamy, mandated non-monogamy, polyamory, anything that holds you against your will, we are against. Good talk, Tion. Good talk. Bada bang. <laughs> so, while we get into our quotes, we can look back at episode 44 and then get into this minutia. All right, let's see what you got. My quotes are about perspective. Oh, good. Because in this time right now, um, there's a lot going on. Crazy, stressful, tragic, good amazing blessed insightful there's the whole array of all this is going on at once and depending on perspective we see more or less of each of these items so my first quote is sometimes the only reason for us to be somewhere else is to see things from a different perspective yes i feel like we do it a lot yes and I would also remix this and say, sometimes when we want to go somewhere else, 
all we have to do is shift our perspective and we'll be in a different place. And that resonates to times like now where this time can feel like um, a quarantine, right? An isolation, or it can feel like an opportunity to go deep and open up and expand within the realm that we have, which is within ourselves, our thoughts, our learning, growth, inspirations, inner root work, so on and so forth. So the next one, not all storms come to disrupt your life. Some come to clear your path. And the third one, health is not just what you're eating. It is also what you are thinking and saying. And this one is really important right now. Speaking of the whole plethora of things we could be intaking via thoughts and saying, there's a lot of crisis and super bad shit going on right now. Um, and we could watch news and social media and eat that shit all day and be completely be consumed with stress, destruction, fear, pain, anguish, doubt. And the truth is, it'll become us. And our thoughts will eat us up more than the virus would or a storm would or even a tragedy would. So we have to be very mindful of what we're intaking, what we're thinking, what we're saying, and how much we are thinking and saying certain thoughts because they will become bigger than the actual thing we're talking about. For sure. Uh, I think discipline in what we are eating, doing, thinking, and speaking is what we all are practicing now, more so than before. Um, mine is all about patience. I think that there's like a collective uh, desire for patience, but also really... Uh, antsy feeling of okay how much longer is this going to go on and i'm guessing that it's going to go on much longer than we all collectively think it's going to go on so patience is definitely something that uh you know we all should replenish every day uh, patience is not just about waiting for something it's about how you wait and your attitude while waiting patient is waiting not passively waiting that is laziness but to keep going when, when the going is hard and slow, that is patience. And then the last one is my favorite one because I feel it a lot. Everything that slows us down and forces patience, everything that sets us back into the slow circles of nature is a help. Like this whole slow everything down, I've, I've been personally enjoying it a lot because... It really leaves space and time for just actually feeling what is going on. What do you want? What do you know? What's going on inside? You can't do much more than be, you know, present and patient and think and feel. I really like it. Yeah, and I like to say, um, you know, we're not living in the clouds to where we don't understand the severity of what's going on. Um, we don't live in the clouds to where we don't have compassion, understand that not everybody is enjoying this time 
not just from within, but through the circumstance, finances, young kids, sick parents, all of that. And we try to use our positive insights and our blessings and enjoying this time to generate a higher level of positive energy and love and sentiment to send out to the universe, to the people that we care about, to help lift spirits. So I want to make it clear that we are very blessed and we're enjoying this, um, but it's not an absence of compassion and love. It's because of the excessive amount of compassion and love that we have. We know that we have to um, learn to appreciate and find the silver linings to vibrate at a high level, to be of service to the collective energy in the universe. Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Did that just come to you? Yeah. A little bit. You, you, you've been thinking about it? Yeah. Well, I don't want people to think, like, you know, we talk to people and they're like, man, how you doing? And we're like, damn, this is great. Right. <laughs> like, you know, and we feel guilty saying it. Yeah. Like, we're just getting into slowing the pace down to really appreciate this slowed down pace. There's so many things that we overlook or that we, you know, not half-ass, but we don't give things a certain amount of time we could um, due to the movements of life. And now we can. Um, so it takes a while to go from the rapid pace of life that we live to a very slow, more thorough, methodical pace. It takes a while. It's only been four weeks. Like, we haven't moved this slow. Ever. Ever or, you know, like... Summer times growing up, this is what this reminds me of. Yeah. You know, like two months in a summer house with no running water and no internet, obviously, no phone. This is what it's like. Yeah. And so it takes a while to slow down. You know, the first couple of weeks, you're just kind of like, oh, wow. And then maybe the third week you get like, little guilty, little weird feeling like, really, I, sh I should like I should be doing more. And then finding that balance where like, A, you are doing, but most of the stuff you're doing is maintaining your appreciation of the time you have and utilizing it. So now for us and like the going into the fourth week, maybe it's like, okay, like, let's really take the time, right. you know, enjoy this time. This is rare. If once this is over, you know, I think it'll change a lot of us. I know for us, it'll probably make us more aware that we need to slow down more and almost right. induce these states. Yep. But it's going to be hard because the collective pace of the universe, um, especially in Western civilization, but anybody who's working, kids, dreams, we're moving fast. There's only 24 hours in a day. Um, and it's hard for us to slow down to like this pace. But it's been super helpful and it's a reminder that we probably should do it more often. Yeah, no, for sure. And, you know, seeing how the kids react, seeing how they, uh, what they are lacking or not lacking during this time, this is, it's very interesting as well. Because I think that, uh, you know, to me, it shows us, it shows me that you know, if there was something that they were going crazy about, that just means that we need to work with them on those things when things are normal, so to speak, you know, to set it up, to improve their ability to just hang out and create their own projects, create their own schedule, 
you know, monitor their own movements up and down. Like that has been very interesting. And I think everyone feels that like we all move up and down. There are days that is harder to get up and be excited about the day. So you have to, you know, uh, recognize it more and counter it with what helps us go higher. And then days that it's super easy to be, to feel high. Right. And then I think that the kids go through that, uh, as well, clearly and helping them ride those waves as like we help them every day anyway, but this is an interesting time because we're all paying more attention to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This, this time now really amplifies our strengths and weaknesses within ourselves. Yeah. You know, it helps us really identify how much of our happiness, our joy, our pride, our self, our sense of accomplishment is object referral, meaning it relies on other people and places and things yeah. versus self-referral. Right. Um, and it's a good time to really shift that balance, um, if we can, to becoming more self-referral to where the majority of our feelings of feeling loved, feeling sexy, feeling connected, feeling accomplished comes from within, not from other people. But it's a, this this is a wake up call right here. Yeah, it amplifies yeah. that. Uh, you know, I've uh, confirmed to myself that I'm very good at maintaining routines and schedules. Like, <laughs> I'm like a, a, a schedule bunny that you know I have weekday schedules, I have weekend schedule, and I feel like everyone at home kind of follows it. And if I didn't have it, then it'd be a different schedule. Yeah, and it's a fascinating thing in our house because you know. Me and you are both love schedule and routine and regimen. Um, and then starting with that to me is very important. I think when I've been talking to some people who've been having a harder time, it's because they just let their schedule go. Right. They're not getting dressed as much. They're right. not, there's no sleep schedule. There's right. no eat schedule. And my first thing is like create a schedule, yeah. you know, to where you get dressed, to where you wear different clothes, to where you have parts of your day that are planned out to do activities yeah. to do this and then the next level is undo some of that so you have room to breathe so you don't create a hamster right. wheel that weird that's what happened to me after the first two weeks right. i like crashed hard and as i was crashing i realized well because i spent the first two weeks really really paying super attention to having a normal schedule and routine and making sure that other kids ha- are on it and kids, you know, get up and get dressed and do their work and have tasks and, you know, maintain their normal food schedule and all that stuff. But then at the end of two weeks, I'm like, oh, but that is hard. Like that is just that that's I can feel the weight of it. So I got to dial it back a little bit. Yeah, it's the balance. I mean, the. I'm an advocate, of course, of structure first, um, regimen, eating at a, at a similar time, sleeping at a certain time, uh, you know, doing these things that keep us connected and grounded to our inner flow. And at the same time, spiritually finding the balance, just float. We got to give ourselves permission sometimes to just be, to just not have a goal, to not have to do at a certain time or a certain thing. But for me, that comes after you have 
your basic right. gravity. Right. Because, you know, like I have my workout routine for every weekday. And if, although by Friday I really don't feel like doing it, I'm like, all right, well, I, I'm going to start. And then I'll feel better and I'll do it. And then the weekend, I either do it or I don't do it. It's whatever. Mm -hmm. And yes, Tion, you're going to work out too. Yeah. And so, you know, the finding that balance between structure and freedom is key. And I think for each of us, if we tune in to our, you know, our true connection, we know when we need structure and we know when we need free time to float and we know when they're good for us. Yeah. And we know when it's hurting us. So yeah. tune in, be mindful, yeah. be spiritual. Yeah, for sure. So way, way back in episode 44. Oh my God. Jeez. Yes. <laughs> it was a while ago. Okay. Episode 44 was my notes go to January 8th. Mm. Let me see. What the land hour? before time. <laughs> oh my goodness! I know. Well, when we're come, you know, the funny thing about all this time is, we get up, we get down, we're excited, and we complain about shit. Even before this, right? If you look at most of us, whatever our perception and our personality was, it still is. So the funny thing is, that episode came out on January nineteenth, and it was on checking our gauges. Checking our gauges, right, right. Revisiting that. Yes. And what is checking our gauges for people? Who, this is the first episode they're listening to. What would you, how would you summarize checking your gauges? Um, basically learning how to listen to ourselves and identify, you know, when you're going up and when you're going down. And as you're going up or down, like what's pulling you down, what's, what's pushing you up. And uh, what do we need to maintain to prevent a super crazy high that makes us, you know, almost feel detached from everything else that's going on to a low that makes us feel like you can't do anything at all. Uh, you know, so I, in episode 44, I think a lot of it was I was talking about my process of actually learning how to listen to myself. Um, and it ties really well into the time that we're all living in now where we are sitting and we do have a lot more time and we are a lot more or we should be a lot more responsible for uh, listening to ourselves and checking our gauges because our reactions uh, in this time will be amplified by us not being able to go escape for a day not being able to you know just drop the kids off at grandma's or at nanny's and go do something nourishing uh, but, you know, being, uh, if, if you're alone, then you definitely have to be more responsible to yourself and love yourself better uh, by listening to what's going to help you stay level. You know, what are the things that you're doing that are pulling you down? Is it, you know, too much drinking or not enough drinking, too much sleep or not enough sleep, you know, obsessively uh, being uh, thinking how you cannot exercise to like exercising way too much, like all those things. And, you know, people that live, you know, you could maybe at home with three kids and four kids, you know, we have friends that have four little kids and they're all at home. 
you know, if uh, we're not responsible for our uh, reactions, kids are going to watch us maybe go a little too emotional and break down a little too he- too heavy. And that's going to, you know, change the balance of energy that we're all trying so hard to maintain. So, you know, that's the process. My process of uh, learning to listen to myself has been super slow, like all of mine are. But uh, once you really learn how to pay attention, uh, it's so useful. You're like, oh, wow, how come I never did that before? Yeah. And the thing about this time right now is it gives us plenty of time if we choose to use it to hear all those inner voices and the gauges that have been blinking inside of us. Um, and I wrote in one of my songs, is like the universe is waiting for my ass to sit still and chill because there were so many messages that they had for me, but I'm moving too fast. I'm only picking up a few here and there. And I consider myself someone who likes to tune in with myself and check my gauges often. Right. But in this time I'm learning, there's a lot more being sent to me than I was hearing because I was only sitting and checking in for so long and then I keep going. Right. And I think also, you know, you can have a feeling of, oh, I don't want to do this or I want to do this. Right. Just hearing it is great, but also going, why? Right. Like, why do I want this or why do I not want this? Why is it that when someone calls and you look at the phone and your first reaction is like, Oh, I don't want to talk to that person. Right. Then just ask yourself why. Like, do they bring you energy that you don't want to deal with? And that's a cool observation. Then you're like, oh, I don't like it when people call me and, you know, give me a bloat of their of their negative energy. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's because I don't want to deal with that much in negative energy. And that's a great finding. Then you're like, oh, you know what? I think I might have too much negative energy. Yeah. Let me dial that down. Let me see where else it's coming from. Let me, you know, close those holes and bring up the resources that generate the positive energy. Yeah. And it's cool. Like this time right now is really cool because we have to just be not in physical contact with hella people. We can't be out and about just soaking up right. the good, the bad and the ugly. So in this time of isolation, like for me, it lets me go, it cleanses my, my energetic yeah. palette of friends and other, and just acquaintances and all this shit. And I can sit back and be like, oh, which ones do I really miss? Like which ones do I was like, okay. wow. Like bowling brought more to my life than even I realized as much as I yeah. loved it. Yeah. Um, and then there are other things that I'm like, I don't miss it. I don't, I don't, I don't think I need that much anymore if I need it at all. But in the momentum, you're just like, this is part of what you do. You just, you're right. There. And that goes to, you know, uh, things that we do, activities, uh, and people yeah, and food, uh, yeah. you know, um, the schedule, the time. So yeah, that's checking on the gauges. That's pretty I, that was a cool episode. Mm -hmm. that's definitely useful you know i was talking to a friend and she's gone through a lot of like a lot of difficult things in the last year and a half and uh, we were talking about learning 
exactly how to manage your own energy like and choose hey if i i don't i can definitely wake up and choose how i want to feel today and when i'm faced with something that's negative hard you know i can take a minute and decide do i want to go down with it or do i want to not let myself go down uh and those that that is literally sitting on being able to check the gauges so you know we're talking about it and you know she did it on her own i did it and we're like yeah once you realize how important that is it feels criminal that we're not taught how to do this as kids like this is really the one of the main basics of how to be human in and 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 have control of your own being just like learning how to physically move learning how to move your emotional energy has to be a basic skill that we all learn when we're kids yeah uh you know i i i'm 48 learning it and it's um i feel blessed that i have learned you know i i i have this ability to do it regardless of how old i am but that just means that uh our kids are learning it when they're much younger yeah much younger and you know that we have seen how much it helps them go and you know be their strong big personalities in the world that are not used to those personalities and will you know create all kinds of obstacles for them but being able to navigate through them because they probably don't have a command of their gauges but they mm-hmm. definitely understand that that's a process yeah and they and they're learning that those gauges exist right and that they have opportunity to gain understanding of how they work and how to tilt the scales up or lower and listen in and the cool thing about us and people like us and us i keep saying us um the cool thing about each individual person we all have our own gauges um, and we have our own balanced diet, mental balanced diet, spiritual balanced diet, energetic activity, all these things. And no one can tell you what your balance is. Right. And only you know if you are being honest with yourself or not. Yep. You know, like I was talking to somebody the other day. And we we're talking about how honest is good to be with your kids. Right. Like, you know, with your personal relationships or us about being open or whatever and I was saying well you know we should be as open as we want them to be and it doesn't make sense for us to expect them to be completely open and comfortable being transparent if we're not and then their initial reaction was like well you know I'm not going to tell them who I slept with how many times what it looked like what it smelled like (laughs) wow I'm like yeah okay but that's context. It's only you know what's appropriate and what's not. Well, that's kind of confirming what you're saying. Like you don't want our kids to come to you and and, and you know describe exactly who, how, where, how you know what it felt yeah. like. So you don't give them the details. Yeah. You literally just give them what you expect back. Well, and the reality is only you know why you would choose to share or not share if that reason is of divine. Or is it of ego or comfort? Like, for example, 
you know, sometimes we don't want to tell our kids certain things because it's uncomfortable for us. Or let's flip it. Sometimes we don't want to tell our parents certain things right. because it's uncomfortable for us. Now, we'll mask it as a noble reason. Right. Like, they can't handle it. They'll freak right. out. But only us inside truly know when Why, yeah. we're doing it for truly a beneficial right. reason or if we're doing it out of a discomfort. And it's also, you know, teaching kids. Like, last night we had a perfect example. Like, we teach the kids there is, you know, sexuality is important. Sexuality is clean. We're human. Everybody needs and enjoys it. You have to know how you work sexually. And, you know, it starts early. So our 12-year-old got into a conversation with her friend where she told her friend that, uh, you know, our daughter is telling me that, you know, she was talking to the friend and was telling the friend that, yeah, you know, masturbation, touching yourself, pleasing yourself is, is fine. And then in the saying, you know, and then she continues telling me, yeah, I do it. And as a parent, you know, because we're still raised in this society where certain things are taboo. Right. You know, I could feel myself like, oh, I would have never said that. Right. <laughs> ever. And then, you know, the split second later, I'm like, holy wow, I'm so proud of you. But there's really like that split second of like, oh, this is a lot. I don't know that I needed to hear that. Right. Like that's the old school thing. So when we teach them about sexuality is important, there's it's clean. You have to know, you have to learn yourself. And the result is like super direct, straight line. Yep, you told me this. This is what I do. You've got to be aware that, you know, it may be uncomfortable. Right. Because <laughs> sometimes it is, you know, just like our oldest one go telling me, yeah, I'm thinking about having sex. And I'm like, oh, at 14. And I'm like, oh, my God, you know, right. but you got to be proud. Like, oh, we have taught them all these things and they have actually learned them. Right. And, the, and then when they come and talk to us about these things, it shows us that we've given them the space and the reassurance and the confidence that if they come and talk to us about anything like this, it will be received in a way right. that is supportive and yeah. open to listen and be received. Yeah, but it's definitely, you know, I it, it's not a very linear, oh my God, I'm so proud of you. Right. It's There's layers to it. Um, so, you know, teaching them how to be themselves will bring themselves out. Right. And then whatever that self is, that's who your child is and you got to honor it. Right. Just nurturing guide, nurturing yeah. guide. So, you know, interestingly enough, it brings me into this pondering that I've been sitting on for a while since my notes are now very aged, but it goes really super uh, directly along with what uh, you were just saying, Tion, where uh, when we are uncomfortable, we don't, we, we find reasons noble reasons to not say things right uh, and i think i was listening i don't remember where this came from i think i was listening to someone speaking about this part and it really uh you know made me pause uh where basically for most people when we hear the ego call we jump and don't even think about it we go straight into action 
Like when our ego is triggered and it's telling us to do something, there is really no thinking about it. We're just like hot up and at it. And that works for every single person unless we recognize it and train ourselves and learn how to pause and decide what to do before we do it. But when our spirit calls, we, because it's not coming from the ego, but it's coming from a different place, we usually will find a million reasons why not to do it. Mm. It's, oh, I don't need it. Oh, I'm going to inconvenience someone. Oh, it's going to sound harsh. Oh, it's, you know, like example, when someone goes at you directly and tells you things that trigger your ego's reaction, they tell you you can't rap for shit. Right. Or, you know, your ego is triggered and you're going to, ma- if you're not careful, if you don't know what you're doing, you're going to match that energy right. and you're going to tell them exactly what you think about them. Right. But if someone comes to you continuously with negative energy, complaining, it happens to be your cousin, you really don't want to hear it. And your spirit is like, dude, you do not need this energy. This is not good for you. Like you need to tell them you do not want to talk to them about this. Right. Do you think we're going to do it? Like it's a lot more difficult to do, to, to enter into this conversation and tell them, Hey, no, thank you. I do not want your energy this way. Then when someone comes to you and triggers your ego, and then you just go in and you're like, fuck you. I don't want to ever talk to you again. Right. You know, and there's like a million, million examples to run through like this. But the point is when our spirit is telling us something, unless we are either on a very specific journey of learning how to listen to it and learning what is it that I need, uh, separating ego from the spirit, we're going to find ways to not do it. Right. Yeah, and it's, you know, and when we talk about spirit, just to be clear, spirit can be your intuition, could be your gut instinct. It's not a religious-based thing. Um, it's an energy-based thing. Yeah. And we call it different things, but just so yeah. you know, spirit, intuition, yeah. gut. Right, it's you know. that, you know, you're looking at the phone, someone's calling, and you feel like, oh, I don't want to talk to this person. But it's your cousin or it's your mom, you know, and you're like, oh, but I have to. Right. And you're already getting an energetic reading off the bat before you even think you're like, and then your your thoughts catch up and remind you that this, that and the third. So that that initial reaction, that's your spirit. That's your intuition. That's like your deeper self telling you, hey, this is not good for us. Right. Yeah. And that's, you know, I think we're all learning how to do it. Sometimes more successfully, other times less so. Uh, I think that it's equally as difficult for me right now to recognize where my ego is triggered and is trying to speak and make me do something and then force myself to pause and walk it off and really understand what's happening. And decide how I want to act uh, as it is to uh, 
listen to like my intuition or my spirit and be like oh actually you know what we don't feel like we need this right. let's let's cut this maybe this part is a little easier now than than like the ego is just so momentous right yeah and i, I was thinking about it as you're talking um yeah i'm just spilling stuff um <laughs> as we're talking about it when our ego gets triggered I think what happens to us is a, a certain part of our vital energy gets taken and then it triggers us. And a lot of times if we can stop, walk away, right, go right. nourish up, go replenish whatever yeah. we felt was taken, then we realize, oh, we didn't even need that. We replenished that. Right. I'm not going to give them any more energy. Because right. a lot of times when we get triggered, someone took energy from us. And our reaction is to go at them, but we're, we're giving them more energy. And we're, right. we're removing more of our energy and giving it to them. Uh, you know, the things that I'm, I'm learning because I'm training myself to listen and understand what my ego does and why. Uh, the only reason that the ego exists is to protect us. Like right. that's the only reason why the ego exists now. And that's a good thing. Right. Like that's how we learn a lot of very good traits. Like that's where our self-esteem comes from. That's where our ability to slam hard and get up and do it again comes from. You know, that's there's a lot of really and that's like there's a lot of uh, self-preservation that comes from having the ego. Uh, but the problem is that if we are not actively participating in maintaining a current list of what the ego thinks the dangers are and what they're what 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 it's going to protect you from we're going to stay in the situations that are old outdated uh pretty ridiculous and it's going to keep protecting you from people and things that it does not need to protect you from and will not protect you from the ones that it needs to you need protection from. So, you know, I've come to it just through really uh, sitting on it and learning, okay, well, I, I now know that the ego's sole mission is to protect me. So now let's keep going. What is it, it, what is it that it's protecting me from? Right. Or what is the perceived danger, right? Right. Like what it, it has to protect you from dangers. All right. Well, what does my ego think the dangers in my life are? Right. Like literally, not just in general, but like, okay, who, who specific, what people are, list the people like, you know, right. what is it protecting me from? Who is it protecting me from? Right. What situations is it protecting me from? Where right. is it coming from? Like, is it still coming from the time when I was eight and or 12? And, you know, I was learning how to deceive my parents because they weren't letting me go do things I wanted to do. And the ego was helping like, you know, so now it protects me from my parents. Right. I'm 48. I don't need protection from my parents, you know, but it's still there. Like, it's an amazing thing because right. I hadn't spent time to really go in and like, okay, guys, come on. Right. You know, like, I don't need protection from it. Right. It's ridiculous. Like, once you start going in there, it's crazy. The list yeah. is so archaic. It's insane. And, it, and it's not mathematical and it's not logical. No. Um, you know, like, for example, when you're saying someone says... You're a whack MC, right. right? You're whack. Your music sucks. No one likes your music. Your ego is going to 
protect you. But then when you pause, you go, what is it protecting me from? Right. The perception is, the ego's like, well, if they think you're a whack MC, then you are. So you have to prove to them that you're not. Right. Or else you will forever be doomed as an MC. Or they're going to talk about you as a, as a yeah. bad MC. And, we perceive yeah. them as a gatekeeper, you know, mm-hmm. whereas it's just their opinion, if, if it's even that. Right. But we perceive it as a universal law. Yeah. Like, if this person says your music sucks or you need to take more time on your lyrics or I don't like your voice, like, your ego is going to react as if that was God telling you that. Yeah. And we don't take the time to side. Like if we walk away, we replenish what they took. What they took was our confidence that we are a good, talented MC and have a purpose. Right. If we go walk away from that, replenish our ourselves, then we come back and be like, "Oh, it's just their opinion." And at that point, we don't even have to get mad at them. Right. And you can also, you know, like use like the ego is not your enemy. Yeah. The ego is uh, here to, it's like a superhero that has one mission to protect you. Right. You know, so it's wise to make friends with the superhero that's here to protect you. Explain to them, hey, this, I need protection from this, I don't. But then when this comes up, like, you know, you're a whack MC, you can walk it off, understand that, A, my ego is trying to protect me. But then you can also be like, hey, my ego, you can just help me by boosting my confidence as an MC. And that is going to go a lot longer way than fighting that one person who has this negative opinion of your skills. So if you like, all right, ego, thanks for showing this to me. Now let's go to work and make me a better MC or make, you know, improve my confidence in that area. Then, you know, next time you're going to have less of a reaction. Right. Yeah, and once you walk away and breathe, yeah. your perspective changes. The magnitude of what the person said or what the threat is can go down dramatically. Um, but if we don't, <laughs> you know, like the when we get triggered, the ego voice is loud. The spirit voice is quiet. Yeah. Ego voice is like, yo, let this dude know. Right. Spirit voice is like, who cares? Right. <laughs> you know, there's one of them, there's 20 of these people. And most importantly, you like what you do. Right. So it doesn't matter. Right. But it's very quiet yeah. and won't yell. Well, because the ego is like a, like, you know, like a superhero. It has to do something. It's like, like Hulk. Right. It cannot just <laughs> sit there and meditate on it. You right. know, it's going to like literally, you know, Imagine it's a superhero. Hulk smash. Right. And it goes it goes straight into action. Yeah. So that's great to have that person on the team, but also a Zen master that's gonna keep everyone calm. Right. And together is definitely necessary. Yeah. So cool. We will go into a song break right now. This is the Black Russian Podcast, episode forty-five. Bring back 
Sharper than the peak of a pyramid Heat seeking, but don't like heated beat I give them it repeatedly I give it y'all can spit I come to give them this I sit and fiddle with it A little and a little bit in it When it's finished My swivel cheer My spinach and I swivel in it Sit and swivel with it Still edit, still fiddle with it Sit still and my skills spill Infected with killer lyrics Hawk spit it provocative Like Ben Stiller with it Still the critics They say I got a Ben still Until I finish But the minute I get in and spit it No limit, won't imit, no mimic And I got lots of more lyrics There's no limit Strike like bowling pins I strike and swollen chins What happened to hip hop to me It got cold again Leave me some minutes on the molding tent It's gonna be hard to control this man For real though yeah. uh-huh. It's time to bring back that old boom bap Let's bring it back I remember the glory Yes, yes, Tion Buku won the Black Russian Podcast, episode 45. That was Chip Fool with the song called Bring It Back. As you can see, we're, we're summoning the nostalgia of the, of the greater expanded good times and good health. So, first song was Wom Back by Anthony B. <laughs> and this song was Bring It Back by Chip Fool. Now we're into the second half, episode 45. Second half. Again, something that, uh, you know, we, talk, we uh, talk a lot and comes from my notes from a while ago. We're going to see how that adds, the, our current reality adds to what we're going to talk about. Um, you know how pe- when we share our story of being non-monogamous, uh, we always, I think end up telling people that the first whatever 12 years of it was don't ask don't tell do you think that's a good way of phrasing it well we call it the the error of discretion right um don't ask don't tell is a blanket statement it's a blanket term that says i don't tell you anything don't ask me anything that's not how we did it like we talked about what type of stuff we would do, who we would vibe with, how we would vibe with, and why we'd vibe with people. You know, the discretion was we didn't say specifically who and what we were doing. We just said everyone that we connect with, there are loved ones. Some are sexual, some aren't. So, but it's still this era of discretion. And looking back at it now, it probably lasted way longer than it needed to be seeing on this side of more of a normalized and inclusion um, that it was long overdue. And it was, it was one of those things that was fear based (laughs) that was disguised as nobility. Um, And I'd say out of the whole hundred percent of why I wanted to do it that way, I'd say it's probably 80% fear and preventing fear to happen and 20% nobility. What kind of fear? Well, just fear of being exposed to things that would hurt. And so fear of that. so that's basically fear of you learning what it is that I'm doing and how that will affect you. And also fear of 
you being hurt by what I'm doing. Right. Yeah, just fear of thing. You know, like fear of things that will hurt both sides. Right. You know, so and knowing enough about myself, then I knew that if I get afraid, I may act unnaturally. That doesn't go along with my divine intention, my higher self intention. Like for example, I know that you should connect with whomever and some of the most amazing people that will move you and contribute to your life may be male, may be sexual, may be emotionally, sexually, romantically interwoven, 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 right? Right. Now, if I know all the details at that time, it may trigger my fear of the alpha male, which would then not allow me to be as supportive openly for you and those right. possibilities. I may start hedging and getting weird. Right. So knowing myself where I was then, I was like, you know what? I don't need to know all the details. Like, I need to know you're happy, you're in control, you're doing what you feel you should be doing. Right. And that was a part protecting us from that lower self interfering with our with our purpose. So that's why I say 20% nobility. 80% is like, you know, fear that I didn't want to deal with at the time. Right. Didn't think I my ego said I didn't need to deal with it. Right, right, right. You know, my spirit's like, well you're missing out on a lot of shit because you're not. So, right. Right. So, what I say for people in the beginning, so um, it's a transitional stage. If yeah. if if it's there. I would say it's, it's a training wheel stage that's optional depending on how much support and guidance you guys have when you're choosing to go into, let's say, uh, a space of an open relationship versus a closed or monogamous relationship. Because like we say, like when you're going to open or engage in an open relationship where the foundation is each person has the freedom to move as they wish with whom they wish, but you guys are coming together to form a team, there needs to be some basic rules in place, especially in the beginning. Just training wheels, right? Like when you meet somebody, what's our rules? Do you tell me about them? Right. You know, so on and so forth. Ultimately down the line, you wanna minimize the rules that are based upon security structure and make the rules more ethic based. But in the beginning, it's good to have those. So you kind of are aware of what the protocol is. Um, it's the same way we're talking about with um, this time right here of quarantine. It's good to set a structure so you have your gravity and your expectation. Once you have that, then you should be able to find balance between like this mandated need for structure for sanity versus freedom to breathe and, and, and improvise. And right. And I think, you know, this topic came up, you and I were talking about, um, you know, I, since I spend a lot of time pondering, I was thinking, wow, you know, there's been all these times when you had ups and downs with people that I didn't know details about, and I wasn't there for you to share it with and you know gain support from when it's because things get difficult you know i mean we've in the last five years that we've been doing this openly 
like fully with full like inclusion right. you know i mean it's very clear there are a lot of more than it, it's not a it's not a uh, occasional occurrence where things will get difficult you know this is a very involved emotional space and things get difficult and um you know being included in it i value uh my contribution to just being here to listen and, and, you know, hold space and for you to be able to go through it. And I know why you're maybe, you know, more pensive or why you're maybe more want to be closer to me or why you don't want to be closer to me, like all those things. Uh, so it got me to thinking that there were so many years oh, yeah. prior to this where like I can just imagine, you know, you come home and you're not able, like you're in a state of mind that is not, uh, you know, is not settled because of something that's going on and not being able to share it adds to the whole, right. uh, not basically you can't bring what you're feeling openly into the space that's your home. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, looking at it in retrospect, and this is why if we were giving advice, for people who were just starting, we would say, think about why and see right. if there's a way to ease that. Because although there were some small benefits or deference of overcoming a fear, um, there is a massive amount of missing out and connection opportunities to forge our relationship um, through inclusion. You know, me and you are together because we want to be the closest people to each other, which means we want to share right. our deepest ponderings, our frustrations, our pains, our joys, our challenges. Yeah. Um, but when you get into don't ask, don't tell, high discretion, you hack off a huge part of your human experience yeah. that you're not sharing with the closest person to you who you know is your confidant, who in the right state of energy for both of you can be of benefit to ride through things together um, and you cut that off. Also, what happens is when you do that, you might be cutting off specifics, but you're not cutting off energy. Right. And the other person, like when I come home, if I've had a, a bad situation with someone I was seeing and I come home unsettled yeah and she's like how are you and i'm like oh you know it's cool and she reads my energy is not that right at all it creates a discord and then it could trigger off her wondering and why right. and it creates distance yeah. and the whole goal in this was to share connection and stuff like that so our fear my fear was holding us back from being able to Go through that rough forest to forge the path of trust and inclusion. Yeah. So, yes, there are several, you know, over a decade. Of course. There are several relationships that were high, that were low, that were painful, that neither of us could share. Right. You know, yeah. there, there were times when I probably could have used another perspective. Yeah. Um, there were times when... I could have used someone to vent to, to process to, yeah. which would have been you. And I 
didn't have access to it. So it made it harder for me. Yeah. And then it made it harder for you because we're just oh, yeah. we're playing with smoke and mirrors. No, I you know, the more I think about just that time and, and the more I look for what part of um the relationship where I want to and I'm allowed to uh, connect intimately with other people where my discomforts lie and they always lie in uh, inability to share. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think that the more that I sit in this space, the more I identify the point, my points of pain and like where my fears come from. And it always comes from wanting to and not being able to share right so um you know although everyone has their own reasons for the high discretion and not sharing the details what uh, what it creates and i'm pretty sure that it happens with everyone and creates a certain trauma and right. a certain groove that uh is silent and we will only see it when something goes wrong in why didn't you tell me well i'm not used to and not only am i not used to i was conditioned not to for so many years that you know not just like it's you know for me it started in childhood like i was not able to tell my parents anything and then you know adding to the the whole the high discretion thing it creates a very 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 strong muscle you know, muscle, groove, whatever it is. So when everything, and it, there's a, you know, <laughs> people get, you know, I've seen conversations where people are like, well, we're in an open relationship and he lied to me. Right. Why would he lie to me? We're in an open relationship. Well, because we all have, I mean, a lot of us have this muscle. Yeah. Just going, all right, from here on, we're open and, right. and we're sharing does not mean that, oh, my muscle all of a sudden relaxed right. and now learned a new move and now it's going to be the default. Yeah. Muscle memory takes forever to build and oh. forever to change. Yes. So emotional and spiritual muscle memory probably takes longer because we're not trained, we're not trained to identify it. We're not trained on how to adjust it. Or any of that. It usually lurks in the shadows and we try to pretend like it's not there. Right. And that's why, you know, like when we learn certain conditions uh, as kids, it's so hard to undo them. And that's, you know, our responsibility as parents for me is not to teach them how to be the best readers or writers or, you know, scholars, but to have as few of those knots and uh, grooves as possible. I'm sure they have some, but if we're able to uh, raise them or let them grow with as many loose limbs and, and you know, very highly functioning muscles in, in the way that with that move in the way they're supposed to, yeah. like that's, that's just going to mean that they will have less to undo. Yep. And the perfect acknowledge like analogy, jeez. The perfect analogy is with me with working out, right? Yes. I grew up. I grew up being very physical, very athletic naturally, skinny, run around, jump, play, climb, roll, but never stretched. 
never got into stretching or working out. And probably walked wrong. Oh yeah, like Pigeon walked, walked, and yeah. so so all these habits I've learned from all of my life, and you know now we're trying to like realign me, yep, uh, work my work me out different muscles, and we're discovering that as athletic as I am. Like you watch right. me skate, you watch me through the history. Like I look like I'm just a naturally athletic. I can pretty much do whatever my body wants to do. Right. But then when you start finding, trying to do this and that, you're like, oh shit! Like he right. has no range of motion right there. Right. He he can't get near his toes and these things. And it's like the analogy is, if someone taught me very early to stretch right. and work out all these muscles. And move properly. And move properly, then I wouldn't have these knots that hinder me from right. doing what I should be doing. And, and, you know, to build on this analogy, the reason why we realized that you need to start actually seriously working out and not just working out to get buff, but actually working out in a way that increases your functionality yeah. is because we've realized that longer term, this is not going to work. Right. You're like, you're just not going to be able to function. And it's like going to get some harder and in, harder right. to change it. Exactly. And I think that yours and my relationship came exactly to that same point. Yeah. Uh, when I was like, I can't function. Right. Like, I just can't function. And it's not anything that we've done on purpose either one of us but it just i've i've come to the end of how i can function here yeah so now you know we thought naively so that <laughs> i mean we didn't think it was going to be easy right but we thought that once we went through the discomfort the huge discomfort of chain lifting the veil of discretion right and showing what's under and getting used to like, oh, okay, well, she didn't run away, right? She actually right. likes this. this is, that the process of unlearning and learning new skills is going to be that long. Yeah. It's and that intense yeah. and that that like will require so much training. It's like the other day, you know, in my gratefuls, I said, like learning how to work my you know like work my soul out as i work my body out like i know right. how to work my body right but retraining these soul muscles and ego and all this stuff is nothing that i'm i i've done yeah. like it's it's way harder than physical fitness yeah and it's a trip how that is that you know but it's one for one like like me right now trying to let's say for example Touch my toes, right? Or like put your freaking arm back. <laughs> right. So if you take this example, I want to. Right. I logically understand right. how to. Right. I know the benefits of right. it, but I still can't do it. Right. And I have to work on it every time we work out, every time before I skate, just to make baby step increments right. to get there. And I'm working on this now at least three times a week, right. if not more, give or take. So imagine if you have an emotional or spiritual stiffness where you spiritually can't touch your hamstrings yep. because you never have. Right. And 
you or logically like, or you're afraid to because you've encountered something that freaked you out when right. you touched your toes right or the sharp ass pain right. when you bend down so what happens is in order to get from where you are to fully touching your toes it's consistent work on that part of your body that is resisting the work you're trying oh, yeah. to do it's not a logic like oh we're right. open now right <laughs> you know it's the same thing and it's not even re- not, not, there's resistance and then there is the easy way to do it right. the way that we've always done it like just bend like my the knees default. and my toes. right it's just like the default <laughs> right. you know like why do it this way when i can just default into that and right yeah so it's it's a lot of being able to work it out and, and the one thing i was thinking about is sharing let's say like in we'll just say it in an open dynamic but in any dynamic sharing with your kids sharing with your president your parents your friends is an exercise yeah if you do it more your muscles get looser right. it's easier to do when you stop doing it, it gets harder to do. Right. And the perfect example of that is me and Eula, since we've got into normalizing and inclusion, we proactively share yeah. all the time. And if we don't have any physical happenings, right. we share fantasies, we share right. pondering, we share scenarios. Yeah. Um, and then what I've noticed is like if I'm seeing somebody and... We share the beginning to set up the foundation and then we don't share that often about the sensitive right. things. When you first hear them say, oh yeah, I'm going to go see somebody or I met this guy. Right. I feel like, <gasps> right. you know, I never say it because it's, it's, I can walk it off, right. but I feel it. Right. Or when it comes to me sharing, right. it's harder for me to. So I've realized that sharing is an active exercise like stretching your muscles out if you don't share often that share muscle tightens and it gets harder to share for sure yeah so you know like learning how to exercise all the time uh is you know it gets creative yeah but definitely uh get creative you know just like um like i've gotten myself to the point where I can feel when I either haven't shared enough or haven't heard enough where basically we're in a space that is not uh, actively sharing. Right. So then, you know, before I'd be like, what's going on? Why aren't you sharing? And now I'm like, I'm just going to start sharing my, you know, my ponderings. Right. Like my fantasies my ideas my needs my hey i want to know about this right can we talk about this right you know yeah and it's it's the same concept as like just keep sharing just keep pushing yourself to share to where it becomes second nature just like stretching we can wake up and we do a little bit of stretching each day when you first do it, it feels like something you have to consciously remind yourself to do. Right. But when you do it long enough, you feel it worse when you don't stretch. Exactly. And you know how it feels when you go days without a good stretching. Right. And you feel tight. 
yeah. and you feel restricted yeah. and you then eventually that restriction will start making you feel emotionally restricted. Mm-hmm. So if you're spiritually haven't stretched in a while, then you become tight mm-hmm. then you become restricted and then it starts to affect the other areas of your life. So it's all synergistic in that way. Yeah, no, I can definitely feel it now. Yeah. And that was one of the reasons why I, uh, you know, I, I hit the low two week, like, after the first two weeks is because I didn't realize that I, we needed to replace our usual methods of sharing, not just methods, but mediums. Like we normally would uh, spend a lot of time like going on long walks. Right. And it takes me a while to get into a conversation. And then we get into a conversation and then like a long, you know, sharing both ways. And yeah. that's just like at least once a week. Right. right. And then we normally in the, under normal circumstances get to have a lot of time in the car uh, you know, going bowling, going out, going here, going there, going out to dinner, go doing things. So we naturally have a lot of spaces in our life where we have learned, oh, uh, we're going on a long walk. We both know that we're going to start sharing. Right. You know, we're going on a long drive or even a normal drive. We both know this is space for us to share whatever. You know, right. if there's nothing actively happening share whatever you want ponderings right. you know there's, yeah there's always something to share there's internal stuff right. always going on and we're always growing we're always gathering new thoughts new perspectives uh new ideas um so there's always something to share and even if you can't think of anything you can always put a scenario together wow what if we went on vacation and she met somebody that was really cool and we were in a certain city for a week and she wanted to go away with him for a day. Right. There's a perfect conversation in that. Right. You know, all this, you can just create scenarios. It's the same way as trying different stretches, different yoga poses, right? You're like, what if, what happens if we meet a couple and we both like the opposite person and we decide, what does that look like? It's right. like a different yoga pose. So, oh, let's see if we can get it. Ooh, that's kind of tight over there. I don't right. know. Let's, what do you think about, you know, so you can right. always create So, scenarios. you know, like when, when the quarantine uh, took that, those spaces away, technically, we still have a lot of time together. We're together all the time right. and we enjoy it, but it's different time. Like the purpose of it is different. Right. So we had to catch it and actively recreate the spaces yeah and, like and fully it but yeah. once we got conscious of it we're like oh that's what's going on all right well what is it going to look like when we are not able to go on long ass walks and right. you know we have to be able to find alternative ways to which is not that hard to do no. it just identifying it is you know a little harder right and that's where your gauges come in check your gauges check your gauges Yep. So that's uh, that's a set of ponderings on high discretion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not that beneficial after all, but yeah. you gotta go through it to to understand why it is and why it isn't. Yeah, and it goes back to understanding 
Not only what you want, but why you want it. Not only what you do, but why do you do right. it? Yeah. And go deeper. And that's what me and you have also been building on too, is like, go deeper. Ask more questions within self. Be more specific. When someone says, I want to meet new people, that alone is not specific at all. When they say, I want a good man, what right. does that mean? Right. I want to meet someone cool. What the hell does that mean? Right. <laughs> you know? Well, you know, cool. Right. I want somebody who's not an asshole. Like, what is that? Like, right. I want someone who's smart. Like, there's so many people that fit under the category of someone smart that I could mention to you that you would say, oh, no, not that. Right. Like, right. Well, then what? Be more specific. If we have more specific um, visual understanding of what we want, it's easier to understand why we want it. Yeah. You know, it's all a process. So and that... we have time. In the quarantine time, we have lots of time. So we really, we really don't have to skim. We don't have to cut corners. But it's scary. But we have hella time. But it's scary. <laughs> what do you mean? It's scary. I know. It is scary. It's still scary for me. Physically working out is scary for me at times. It's, it's challenging. I don't always love it. Um, I don't. Sometimes I wonder if I'm ever going to get to the point of full flexibility. Uh, but then my spirit reminds me, just like with my spirituality and understanding of self, this is a long work in progress. And I guarantee myself if I work on it three times a week in 10 weeks, I'll be better than I was week right. one and yeah. 20 weeks. I'll be better than I was. All I got to do is a little bit consistently. Yep. Yeah. For sure. So then, okay, gauges, right? Um, and the benefit of foresight and understanding what is it that we want and don't want. How does it happen that people uh, in longer term marriages consistently wake up after, you know, I don't know, 15 years when the kids are less you know, demanding? And go, holy wow, I don't want any of it. Right. Like, none of it. I don't want the structure. I don't want the emotional labor. I'm not interested in my partner. I don't want any of it. Give me whatever outlets I need to, you know, breathe or just let me out. Like, where does, like, they, we all start out in love. Right with a high desire to be together and build a family. So then we go on to build a family. We're building it, building it, building it, building it, building it. We've all wanted it. And then we're like, boom, nope, don't want any of it. Right. Um, my, my two cents is um, our relationship is changing every day from the minute we decided we wanted to be in it we're adding things we're subtracting things we're changing things we're shifting things and so take that over a couple years 5 10 15 years with no acknowledgement or evaluation or assessing right 
where we are, what has changed, what we like and what we don't like. Like we talked about it before. In companies, they do quarterly reviews or annual reviews. Right, right. In relationships, most of the time we do none of that shit. Nope. So you could go 10 years and not realize that each year you've added a weight to your shoulder. You've yeah. added a weight to your shoulder. Kids, house, routine, schedule. You've subtracted freedom for more security yeah. and this and this and this. And that's changed the shape and the chemistry of the relationship. And there's a good chance that you wake up and go, I'm not into this. And now that I'm looking at it, I haven't been into this for a long time. Right. Usually, if you take a marriage that's been together for 15 years, a lot of times, the after the first three or four years, things shift into a way that they stay for the most part. Yeah, or continue declining. Or continue declining. Um, but my thing is, yeah, we don't give our relationship the space to interact about what's good, what's not working, and have the elasticity of the relationship to change and evolve without the fear of one or both people feeling like the change will destroy the relationship. So then they never they never ask about it. They don't want to talk about it. And then they start deceiving and supplementing on the down low. Well, and not necessarily, you know, when you say deceiving, it doesn't necessarily equate to cheating. Like straight, like actually having... Well, not a, sexual cheating. Right, exactly. But mental, but emotional Just not deception. even telling your partner that that's how you feel. Right. Like that's where it starts. Like we talk, that's, that's primary cheating and we want to kind of always clarify that. People assume cheating is just sex when you right. choose to have a romantic relationship outside of your marriage without consent, consent of your spouse. the reality yeah. is cheating is when you deceive your partner yeah the act of deceit if you don't like how things are going but you don't ever tell the person yeah that's cheating yeah you know um you know, my opinion uh, that it's <laughs> contrary to, I think, a lot of what, you know, we think the noble purpose of having a family is. But I'm always, I always look at these families that raise kids and, and wake up when the kids are 12, 15, and they're like, holy shit, what happened? I'm like, did you have to put all you had into those damn kids? Right. Like, did they ask for it? Did they, like, literally, did they, like, who asked for it? Right. Like, what was the purpose? Do you not think that they would have grown up at least as well with more freedom, less, you know, the pressure and a happier home? Yeah. Like, what the hell? Like, how does it go from, oh my God, I'm in love with this person. All I want to do is spend time with them, have a lot of sex, go out, go hiking, go to concerts, go travel to all I want to do is raise these kids. Like, 
where did the other stuff go? Like it just 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 switches from one to another, and we think like no one's gonna notice. Like right. like our spirit is like, oh, that's cool. Right. Oh, we went from having a ton of happy sex, going out, eating, drinking, partying, right. dancing, traveling, hiking, sleeping in, to now having these rugrats that constantly need something, no right. sex, no. And, oh, it's one for one because it's so noble to raise these children. Right. Like, it's so fucking insane. Right. And it goes to the not being able to share, the muscle being so tight. Yeah. A lot of times, as parents, we're like, this sucks. Yeah, exactly. But if we aren't comfortable sharing that because we've been told that you can't say that, then we don't say it. We both pretend like everything is all good all the time. And this is expected. Like, this is how we show we're good, happy people. Yeah. Are you insane? Like, where is, like, this is, the math doesn't add up. Yeah. Like, to and, just, just straight yeah. up math does not and add up. And a lot up. of times, the kid doesn't benefit from you sacrificing all your joy and investing your hopes yeah. and dreams all into them. A lot of times, that pushes them to be something they're not. And they're either rebelling or complying. Or but lying. both of those are yeah. both of those are reactions. It's not who they truly are or what they want to do. They're either rebelling due to pressure or they're complying due to pressure. You know, and those things will create a whole sea of drama that you'll have to deal with with your kid as they grow. Yeah, it's insane. And you know, I think that I have the right to say it, we have the right to say it. We have raised three kids. Like it's not like we don't have kids. Right. You know, I mean, we have kids, we've raised them, we've uh, had a lot of time away from them, yeah. uh, which has made them into very independent people who can hang in the quarantine right. without much, I mean, I've, they want to see their friends, right? you know, and hang out and cuddle and all that stuff, but... Overall, they're very well prepared. Yes. They have a high level of self-referral, self-generating yeah. nourishment. And, you know, we have a lot of sex. We've always had a lot of sex. Yeah. Like, it's we've had babies and had a lot of sex. Yeah. Because we, like, leave room for it and, and prioritize it. And it's like, just because we had a baby doesn't mean we're not we're gonna have less sex like that's insane like that math just never adds up to me right and we try to give each other space to acknowledge um that things have changed that things are harder or yeah. things are better right acknowledge just be a, a, allowed to openly speak upon what you're feeling wow i've noticed in the last few weeks the love making has been amazing it's just been wow or you know, in the last month or two, I've really just been low. Like, I haven't felt right. like having sex, but I feel like cuddling more. Right. And being able to share those, both of those, without the other person getting triggered right. and defensive. Yeah. Right? Because both of those can create a defensive energy if, yeah. we're not, if we don't have the environment of being used to share these things. Like, if you said, wow, the last few weeks have been amazing, I'm like, well, damn. <laughs> what's the what's the other four weeks been like chopped liver you know like but like being able to have the space to to have that be 
the subject title to a good conversation. Right. Like that's an opening statement. Like, wow, this has been the last few weeks have been amazing in bed. And these are some of the reasons why it's been a right. trip because this, because I've been more open with myself. I'm realizing blah, 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 blah. So, you know, it goes back to checking the gauges, perspective, and sharing as a consistent exercise as within ourselves and within the relationship. So that way we have the flexibility to share the highest of the highs and the lowest of the lows without it causing or without the fear of it causing catastrophic damage because the other person's going to take it this way. Right. And, you know, like staying connected through the changes and ups and downs means that most likely you will not wake up 15 years later uh, and go, oh, wow, I don't want any of it. Right. Because you've communicated along the way and hopefully have made changes and trusted each other. So it's not a big surprise. And I think that, you know, uh, it's not uncommon to have uh, one of the partners be like, what do you mean something's wrong? Right. Right. I'm fine. Like, what? What are you talking about? Right. And like they honestly don't even know. Like I know it. And that's a huge common telltale that they at some point in their relationship, they assumed they knew each other and clicked right. save. Right. And stopped inquiring, stopped sharing, and just lost themselves in work, family, kids, or whatever it was. They stopped stretching. Their muscles yeah. got tight. Yeah. They had limited range of motion. And that was that. So, you know, it's a fascinating thing. It's a little, but all those things that we talked about really tie in to, you know, this time now is like, for example, this time now is either going to bring couples together. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's going to forge them or it's going to strain them and possibly end them because you have to be here. There's statistics. Uh, out of China that the divorce filings have gone up dramatically once they were, you know, out of quarantine. quarantine. Right. Uh, So, it must be rough to be inside without normal outlets. Yeah. uh, And not like each other. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, you think about it, some people's relationship sustains for long periods of time because they spend very little time with each other. And that works. Yeah, and it's always a, even when it's a good thing, you know, like a lot of time, like you and I were, you were gone 50% of the time for the first 12 years. Right. Like, that's just how you were. It worked great. Right. And then transition took a couple of years. Right. So it wasn't like an overnight thing. Right, right. I know having an overnight change without tools to transition is rough. Yeah. And then you, you don't have your means of object referral right. nourishment through your community and through your outer activities. So you're really forced to be around each other to talk or be aware that you don't talk. <laughs> so we should be doing like, you know, Zoom sessions, I checking know. in. Checkups, yeah. Zoom yeah. checkups. If anybody wants to reach out and have a conversation with us yeah. and feel they need the space to share honestly, 
yeah. how this is affecting their relationship without the ego and nobility of like, oh no, we're good. This is great. Like we just love this time together. Yeah. You know, you can feel free to hit us up. And you know, like Tion and I love spending time together. We have very good skills on how to be in the same space and not in each other's uh, like personal space all the time. And we we have to we we have to pay attention and yeah. you know like we have we can to. still we can still get into it yeah. we can still lose sight of things miss our gauges we still need time away from each other right we just have to create that space and yeah. if it's not physical it's mental yeah like we may be in the same room I'm doing something totally different yeah. than her we're not talking yeah you know or if you have the opportunity to be in a different space or. One person needs to get out and go for a drive by themselves. Go sit in the car and watch a movie. But even when it's good, we feel there needs to be flexibility in being together, flexibility in not being together, and flexibility in being honest about when we need time to be together or time to be away without feeling that if we say that, it's going to create a shitstorm. So therefore, I'm not going to say it. I'm just going to internalize it and let that shit build up and leak out the right. passive-aggressive shit. Exactly. <sighs> you ate the last banana. <laughs> always doing that shit. As he walk away, motherfucker, always eating bananas. Why don't you ever send me a banana? He could have just went and got bananas. You know, stuff like I've that. I've had a so, couple of those moments during right? the last few weeks. <sighs> Yeah. Why is the bed not made? It, it isn't. He knows. <laughs> I, know. I purposely will make the bed six days a week and one day not. <laughs> just to build the flexibility. Like we were talking about in the beginning between having a good structure first and then having the room to lax every now and then. So I justified it in my head that it needs to air out. Yes. There you go. So, (laughs) this is Rocking With Us doing a podcast this season right here. It's been a trip. It's cool. Um, You know, sometimes I'm like, do people really want to talk about this stuff right now? That's part of my lag on, 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 like, diving in to do the next podcast. I'm like, is it the time for it? Yeah, but it's like, you know... uh, we talk about what we live with. Yeah. And you can't pretend that, like, it would be weird if we decided to do podcasts and, like, completely ignore it. Yeah. And like, also, it's, I realize this is edutaining. Yeah. It's the stuff we talk about. I listen to podcasts still. You know, it's a way of distracting and engaging at the same time, right? Yeah. So, if you're listening, we appreciate you listening. Tune in, like share, rate, all that stuff. Tell a friend. And uh, we continue to do this. Hopefully, nah, I was going to say hopefully by the next time we do the podcast, we'll be out of this. But we might have another podcast or two during this this series of quarantine. I'm going to keep my notes. Yep, so we'll keep our notes. Thank you guys. Um, I'm grateful for this time to sit still for sure. Um, I really appreciate allowing my heartbeat to slow down, to look around, to feel the uncomfort of that and learn as to why that's uncomfortable and help heal that. 
She froze on her gratefuls. No, I was listening to the sounds from upstairs, whether yeah. they're happy or sad. Oh. <laughs> well, I'm grateful for our house and everyone in it every single day. Before, during, and after the quarantine. Yes. I'm grateful that we have the love internally, the internal currency, and the monetary currency, and Eula's career and job to be able to sustain us and cocoon us during this time. Because we know there's a lot of our friends and family who are in different situations um, that don't have it like we do. So we I appreciate the inner currency and Eula's the career currency of allowing this to be as comfortable as it is. Um, I appreciate our ping pong table and the foresight that we had to change the, whatchamacallit, the, the ramp, ramp the... take the ramp out, put the ping pong table in because there have right. been ping pong battles going on pretty much every night. Otherwise, you'd be a hell of a mini ramp skater by I, now. I was thinking about it. I was like, <laughs> I wonder what would I be doing? I'm like, damn. I need to do something. There is a ramp in the other room. Right. I do have pads. <laughs> Let me try and drop in when no one is looking. Right. Oh. <laughs> Imagine breaking your ankle now. Yeah, no, um, that wouldn't be but good. Anyway, uh, I'm grateful for all the DJs going live, blessing us with so much music and the artists, musical and visual, that are creating because artists save lives, both on the side of us creating art and also other people doing and sharing art. So it's been a great, great scenario for that. They've been able to listen to DJs spin that we've never listened to. Yeah. It's been cool. So, you know, and I'm grateful for all the toys that we have in the house, all the ways we can play music, all the music that we appreciate and the kids appreciating a lot of what we have. Yes. And that is us. This is Tion Buku One. And this is Yula. Black Russian Podcast, episode 45. True. Everybody 
his own So know where you get your news from And the blood up on them shoes now When them walk in the trace Look them hard in them face and say Gentrify, well I, nobody no identify, nobody's unidentified and just a lie there. Then where the gun de? dead pants are today, buried Sunday, like Salomon or Gunday, like I know sons of Salomon, them have done de. Leonard, how will a pinnacle and them land it? Subdivision, them deal it under and it. So learn it, cause them come back with them plan de. So tell me, how far do you wanna go? Them we ratatatatata when you pop out, pow, wow, Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's live from the chat.